Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. I almost forgot how to do this. It, you know, this is another one of those times where it's only been two weeks, uh-huh, but it uh-huh. feels like it's been months. months. Like it feels like it's been such a long time since we've recorded an episode. Like we are just, we're picking back up after like a sabbatical. Is yeah. what, it, what it feels like. A tiny sabbatical, though. It was only we only had one week off, really. Yeah. But it's been two weeks since we last recorded. Yeah. My phone is blowing up right now with notifications from that uh, that anonymous questions app, the NGL, whatever. I just, oh yeah, it's got like five in a row, and I don't think I don't think they're stopping. I'm enjoying this. People are people are yeah asking fun questions or confessing weird things. And uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um, I, I I got one. I haven't I haven't published it yet. But one said, uh, "You're gonna have a new baby cousin, but only the cool type." And I hope that means that someone got a dog. Oh, I was thinking like <laughs> part animal, like human like, animal hybrid, and I was like, "That's the coolest type." Somebody, really. somebody had a little werewolf baby, and I'm here for it. <laughs> That's the world I want to live in, where people are having werewolf babies. <laughs> More werewolf babies. More uh, werewolf babies. That's that's the 2023 I want to be a part of. Speaking of werewolf babies, Michael, how was your how was your holidays? It was good. <laughs> Speaking of werewolf babies, uh, totally relevant. Flawless segue. Um, yeah. Uh, it was good, you know? So, like, uh, prepping for uh, starting a new film. We're, you know, about to produce a new movie. Yes. Uh, so, but I've been on leave from my old day job mm-hmm. in preparation for this. So, I've had a lot of time uh, to uh, watch a lot of TV. Oh, uh, and and movies and stuff like that. And if if you guys listen to our bonus episode that just came out the past couple of days, I talked about a few of the things that I've watched uh, over these past couple of weeks. You guys can you know so so if you haven't you know subscribed, you don't get notified of bonus episodes. So hit subscribe yeah. on your player of choice right now, and go check out those bonus episodes where I talk about all of the TV I have consumed uh, over the past week or so. I for one am equally excited. Uh, as I'm sure our listeners are, to learn exactly what it was that you talked about on the past bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part about recording these out of order is that I'm like, 
go back and do it, but we haven't actually <laughs> talked about it yet. So, so you don't know what, what it is. Oh, well, I had a, I had a delightful time. We, we managed to dodge the big storm that, uh, that hit awesome. all over the country. Uh, and yeah, we, we went out to, to Maryland for a few days to, to be with my family. I hadn't spent family Christmas in a few years, so really nice to, to catch up with my brothers and my mom. Uh, we also spent a, a little bit of time wandering around Baltimore, beautiful city, beautiful, beautiful city, had a lot of fun. Uh, and, and uh, managed to not hit too much uh, bad weather on the way back either. It was you know, all in all pretty uh, pretty uneventful. The uh, I will say, um, Google Maps when when you get into the mountains, it's like we found the best route for you. Like okay, well I'm I'm on the interstate that I need to be when I get to my destination. They're like no no cool th- this is much better. You just like don't worry about it. Trust me, it's cool. And you get off and you're on progressively shittier. Uh, first like us, then state, then local roads going through the mountains, going through tiny towns and the weather's getting worse. And it's like, why, why am I doing this? How is this better? And then suddenly and like, Google maps is sitting in the background. <laughs> I legit like coming back, uh, from Maryland, I hit this point where like, I'm, I'm on these like small back roads and I got up to, it was legitimately labeled as a summit. I forget, like it was probably named as the, the mountains of that area tend to be, but I wasn't paying attention. But I hit the part that was a summit and it was 100% just like being at the top of the first hill on a roller coaster. Because I got up there and I realized, like, I saw the sign for 9% downhill grade. And I'm like, oh, this, no, no, this is not going to be fun. And I got to the top <laughs> and I could see the entire world in front of me. It was like, oh, son of like, a bitch. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary. It was very scary. But I made it. Uh, that, I mean, clearly. Clearly. Uh, unless your ghost showed up for... Uh, <laughs> For recording session, which <laughs> I'm down for that as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, my spirit is so determined to finish out this this countdown to our uh, to our fifth anniversary. Uh, we nine episodes we're, left. We're we got nine, nine episodes to our fifth anniversary. That is crazy <laughs> to think that we have done five, and uh, we will be vastly approaching. Technically, if you are looking at like your podcast player, it's going to say we're almost at 400 episodes. Mm-hmm. But technically, we're almost at we're we're on our way to three hundred full episodes yeah. because we don't we haven't been counting our bonus episodes, but the podcast players doesn't know the difference. Sure. So we're almost at four hundred episodes, uh, but we're at almost three hundred full like movie review episodes. That's just absolutely wild to think about how many of these that we've done uh, <laughs> over five. I- Five years, people. Five years. Over four billion years, uh, we've traveled back in time <laughs> to do it all over again. And that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Veit. And I'm the ghost of Sabrina Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, so you chose a bunch of movies I did. for this month. I did. And uh, they I, they didn't necessarily, I mean, maybe they kind of have a theme, but it was, was kind of like our theme from last year, where it was all aliens. So far, we're, we're two for five yeah. uh, alien films yeah. this month. It was it, So it was a very loose 
alien-ish theme. Um, and, you know, some of them are, are going to be kind of invasion-y, like, you know, last last week we did Cowboys and Aliens, which was a bit more alien invasion, coming for our resources. Uh, this week we're doing uh, another film, uh, and all, all the movies this month were chosen on Tubi TV. Hopefully they'll all still be there uh, for you to watch for free by the time the episodes come around, by the time you hear about uh, what, to, what to watch. Uh, but as of the time of selecting, they were all there on Tubi TV. Um, this movie is called Project Gemini, and uh, as, as we'll often do, the, the synopsis reads, a sci-fi thriller about a space mission sent to terraform a distant planet. However, the mission encounters something unknown that has its own plan for the planet. That sounds alien-y. The poster looks alien-y. I see some tentacles. Tentacles usually indicate aliens. Or hentai. Or hentai. Um, it's, you know, it's one or the other, uh, you know, especially in my Google searches. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and, you know, that's another one of those uh, IMDb descriptions that's like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. That's, that's accurate. Uh, it's factual, I guess. Uh, but is it, is it accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Original it's, title. It's almost there. Zvyodzny Razm. <laughs> so, so that's something to to point out about this movie. This is a Russian movie, which is interesting. That has been dubbed in English, but all of the actors speak English, okay. but they are dubbed English voices. Those are not those people's voices. There's Thank no you. way that's the case. Thank you, because I spent the entire movie thinking like this. I like. It, this is bothering me so badly because the words, are like their mouths are, are mashing up with the words, but the voices sound so wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's clearly dubbed, right? As soon as you hear it, you're like, this is a dubbed movie. But mm -hmm. then when you watch the characters, you're like, well... The, the mouths are, you know, you know, like you said, the mouths are matching, but that is not how that person, like, it's clear that that's not that person speaking. Mm -hmm. Like, it is very clear it is a voice artist that is talking over top of them, but they are speaking English. Mm -hmm. It's super weird. And, like, you know, one of the characters, uh, um, the the wife of the, the scientist wife. Amy. Um, yeah, she has a, an accent. Like, she clearly, like, you can see her mouth moving in an accent, but the, the voice actor that does her voice does not have an accent so it's very off-putting because you're like that is what you said but that's not how you said it like it's just really clear <laughs> that it's that it's dubbed it's so weird this I, is such a weird uh thing i love that imdb credits all of the english speaking voice actors too uh so we have which is great all of the the russian actors uh, and then all of the actors uh with you know frank english version voice David English version voice. Also, uh, this entire crew of this mission uh, basically sounds like they were named to be like a JRPG cast. So you've got like Steve, Amy, Ryan, David, Frank, Peter, Richard, and then for some reason a Leona. <laughs> a Leona. I, I, I love this because like so because this is a Russian movie. It was like you know a bunch of Russians sitting around a table and they're like. Uh, what is the most American name you can think of? And somebody's like, Brian. And he's like, oh, <laughs> fucking Brian. Yeah. We hate Ryan. Uh, 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 Ryan. You know, it's like, uh, you know, like that's exactly, and, you know, what it is. They're like, oh, Frank. Oh, yeah, fuck Frank. And, and I'm, I'm sorry to all the Ryans out there, but true to form, the Ryan in this movie is a dick. 
He really is. Yeah, it's it's kind of a Todd scenario, you know, where you know, for, so Todd. Todd. On, yeah, so like Todd on the Superpod Hero Cast always talks about like the the bad guy or the douchey guy in every movie is always named Todd, right? He's always a Todd, mm-hmm. um, and there hasn't been a good, you know, or not really been a good Todd in the movie. So if you haven't listened to Superpod Hero Cast, by the way, definitely uh, uh, check them out. They're going to be coming back in next month. Actually, yeah. uh, they're coming back next month, or we're going to do uh, our our weekly recap of of Marvel's Secret Invasion that's launching on Disney Plus. So that's happening in, yes. in just a few weeks. Yes. Very exciting. Uh, so both Casey and and uh, Todd will be back to uh, do that, just like we did with the She Hulk. Very exciting things. I'm super excited uh, for Todd to be like, well, actually, uh, <laughs> issue 342 of uh, Avengers Unlimited said, oh. I'm very excited for that. Yes, yes. Yeah. All of the all of the the deepest cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for real. So so yeah. But anyways, so, so like it's really weird. You know, this is a this is a Russian movie, and it feels very Russian. But it's definitely like you know everybody has very American names, and everybody is dubbed. Everybody, even the people that are supposed to be American, which I guess is this whole cast too, because they have very American names. Yeah. Well, and. So that that actually brings up a, a really interesting point that I've been been thinking about it since I realized that this was a, a Russian film. Uh, this was made, or I should say, it was released in 2022. So presumably released sometime in the or filmed sometime in the last year and a half or so, right? Yeah, uh, is so yeah. So like created and released entirely in the context of this country being at war. And like it's it's really strange to me to think like obviously like industries of all kinds don't just shut down because you know there's a conflict happening somewhere else in the world but it, like it is it's weird to think of a, you know a Russian cinema machine still pumping out movies like this in that context I don't know why it's weird but it is because like it would still happen here like it was yeah. still happening here during the 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 mid century mid twentieth century well uh, I was like I mean we've been in war yeah. almost our entire life yeah uh, we've been fighting someone in in uh, the Arabic countries yeah you're right uh, pretty much our are like the last 20 20 years of our life. And then previous to that was the Gulf War, yeah. which happened for almost our entire teenage years. So like, so like it's, we're it's no stranger to war. It's obvious that cinema doesn't stop during scenarios like that, but for some reason it feels like it should. I don't know. Yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, cause you know, uh, arguably, you know, uh, Russia invading Ukraine is a very big deal yeah. and it's, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's not just like, Hey, we're sending a bunch of Americans to Afghanistan to like, you know, kill civilians like we do. Uh, you know, so it's not like that, right? Like this is like, we are literally in like Russia is invading a whole ass country mm. to take it over. It's a little bit of a bigger deal, you know, or as big of a deal or bigger deal, uh, for what they're doing. So it's, it is weird that this movie, there were just just like, man, that's weird. What's going? Like the bomber planes are flying outside. Anyways, let's make our alien movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting about the direction that they took this movie, so moving away from whether or not it should have been made, which I guess we'll, we'll revisit later. Um, the so horror and sci-fi and whatnot we've talked about a lot of times is based on some sort of like real world catalyst, real world fear concerns. You know, zombie movies. Uh, you know disaster movies, et cetera, et cetera, like have some basis in like a real world fear. Um, this one ostensibly feels like a climate disaster film, yeah. but they conveniently make 
the climate disaster be the fault of some sort of bizarre, like, mutated virus that, like, attacks plants first uh, and then later, like, jumps to humans and, like, causes this slow, steady decline in the habitability of the Earth uh, as opposed to the reality of, like, no, that's us doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but the, you know, it's funny because this is one where I, I, I picture, you know, again, those same Russians sitting around a table and somebody's like, COVID, but for plants. And they're like, <laughs> Sergei, hey, that's a movie, you know? And he's like, yes, but also aliens and time travel, you know? What? <laughs> they're like, yeah, all right, dude, let's, let's fucking go. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so it is it is basically that plants plants get a virus, it you know, it uh, eventually starts killing the plants, screws up the atmosphere and eventually starts screwing with humans and uh, but here's where the weird thing about this comes is cuz like that alone is enough of a plot. Like that's that's enough of a plot to be like, "Oh shit, we got to go terraform another planet," sure, right? We sure. don't we don't need more things. But on top of it, they're like, oh, this virus is killing all the plants, and now it's killing the atmosphere, and so people are dying. But wait, there's more. We've also discovered alien technology buried in a cave. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's like, wait, what? You needed more story? <laughs> so we, we discovered this alien technology uh, that we determined somehow. We just fucking figured out that uh, there, there were two pieces of technology. One was an engine that we determined was uh, like you would give essentially warp capability. Uh, cool. How did we figure that out in a cave? Uh, and the other one is some sort of mysterious sphere that uh, can terraform planets. Cool. How did we figure that out? <laughs> Yeah, so this movie is a perfect example, uh, and we'll, we'll get to that spoiler part of it, but this movie is a perfect example of a bootstrap paradox. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Google it, as the doctor would say. <laughs> um, one th- you know, I know I've talked about the bootstrap paradox mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. on this podcast many times before, but I think it's really interesting that in the doctor's speech, he says, you know, this is the bootstrap paradox, Google it. But the thing is, is if you Google bootstrap paradox now, your top 10 hits are all going to be the doctor telling you about Bootstrap Paradox, telling you to Google it. So he's... That's <laughs> so like, Did he tell you to Google it before? Like, how did he say to Google it when he was the <laughs> one to say it? You know, it's very funny uh, at this point. Um, but yeah, so so this, this film is a Bootstrap Paradox because, you know, we'll get into why that's the case. Um, but it is really interesting, you know, about this sphere that they find because they're like, it gave us interstellar travel, mm-hmm. uh, basically via, uh, quantum entanglement, right? Like wormhole, like, you know, enter a thing here, exit a thing, sure. fucking somewhere else. Right. Cool. Great. Love it. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and then it also gives us the idea of terraforming. So that's what we've in the beginning in the movie have determined that this sphere is, but what we find out in the end of the movie is that it was neither of those things, and it was actually just an egg for an alien, uh, but we happen to just extrapolate those other two things from the sphere, even though that's not really what the, the thing was oh. originally intended. Oh, no. No, no, no. It was those things, but there was more. There was, but like, was Billy as Way- if that Billy- wasn't enough. Billy Mays popped out and was like, but wait. <laughs> there's, But wait, there's what slaps the thing on the side. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Uh, I just, and like, okay, okay, okay. So, humanity discovers this shit in a cave, and they're like, yeah. 
we can figure this out. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're, we're an inquisitive and you know, some members of our species, especially individually and separated from the whole, uh, are extraordinarily intelligent and might be able to, to figure this shit out. Okay. I'll grant that. That's really cool. And they're like, but not only that, we may, we recreated exact copies of each of these items. So now there's two. I'm like, Cool backup plan, and they're like, but they're quantum entangled. I'm like, you lost me. Uh, yeah. And and also the controls somehow like they created a, a separate touchscreen that isn't part of the sphere or the the engine at all. Uh, basically, just like this you know wacky newfangled tablet device where they play maze games in order to control the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and to figure out, yeah, to solve the issues. <laughs> the, so the the solution to this uh, world, like global climate disaster and plant virus, uh, is basically like, like. Lock like screen. highlight magazines, <laughs> lock screen <laughs> gestures. Yeah, yeah, right. It's swipe to text is what it's right. like. I, That's amazing. I guess if you know, put me in charge of this project, and we're fucked because I I couldn't get the hang of swipe to text. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So so uh, off they go. You know, so I I do. You know, the the special effects of this movie are actually pretty great. Yeah, uh, I I was very impressed. Like visually, I was very impressed with everything. The set. Are, you know the the spaceship set is very cool. Mm -hmm. The idea and the idea of the spaceship travel, I actually really liked that. I yes. liked how they how they showed the ship. Like it doesn't fly through a wormhole as though it's an actual tunnel. Mm -hmm. It's just like I entered this point, but at the same exact like at the same exact time, I'm exiting another point. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's literally like how I guess in theory it would really work. You're not traveling through a space. It's instantaneous. Uh, uh, trans like you enter exit within the same millisecond. Yeah, and I mean this. It's a six million six million estimated budget, uh, and with a very small cast of no one I've ever heard of. So like presumably most of that went to the effects. Uh, yeah, and in in a lot of ways that was a really smart decision because they needed to make this movie look really good, and they did. Yeah. Somebody should have paid the writers a little more, though. <laughs> Just a little more. Uh, you know, because this film definitely suffers from, like... It just kept adding. It kept adding more things instead of taking one thing and expanding it and making it really good. You mm -hmm. know, we talked about all the things that it added. It's like the the, the plant virus, but also alien sphere, alien sphere. You know, uh, uh, interstellar travel, but also terraforming machine, but mm -hmm. also egg for another alien, mm -hmm. but also geopolitical politics, but also mm -hmm. uh, you know alien alien movie you know like like the movie alien there's yeah, an alien there's... loose on the ship killing everyone yeah like, you know but also uh crew members go crazy you know like they just kept adding things on it instead of like fleshing out one or two or three of of the original ideas so it just it just kept felt weird because it was just like oh now we're doing this then yeah uh, okay uh all right yeah like which, which plot am i following now because like it yeah. feels like the the movie has changed directions several times and it, yeah, I know. Um. I mean, one of the big the big things about it that like right off the bat, the first I don't know x number of minutes of this movie, basically up until they do their first jump, mm -hmm. I was like, this isn't bad. Like this is it's well shot. I'm getting the idea. You know, it's not really action filled. There wasn't a lot of like you know there was a lot of exposition dumping, um, but I was like, 
this is not bad for a clearly dubbed movie for a clearly, you know, maybe low budget, but you know, low budget sci-fi film. But, and uh, they, they established early on that this was going to be the kind of film that like exists in multiple timelines anyway, because they have, yeah. you know, they're, they're showing the main story of the, the mission crew getting, uh, uh, no, we see like the exposition of what the technology is and we see the mission crew getting ready and they launch and there's this woman who is running to try to catch the launch before it leaves and you can see that like there's some sort of connection between her and one of the guys from the mission and then we get the flashback of them having sexy times and then forward again and then back again and like we kind of like, it just in fits and starts, like moves along a little ways then jumps back to give you a little bit of context of like, oh, this, this thing, conversation conversation happened in the cave and then this was a conversation with Amy about there being you know no don't go because I'm going to create a, a vaccine for the virus and it's like but I have right. to go to save humanity like god and uh, like oh, oh okay yeah and so we we have the the jump this, this does happen pretty early they they get like the initial journey out of the way pretty quickly, which I appreciate because that leaves more time to do the thing, right? Uh, yeah. As opposed to like a lot of these big action stuff, like all of the problems are front loaded and they have to solve the thing in the last like 10 minutes and like, that's too much stress. It's too much stress. Let's spread it yeah. out a little bit. Uh, We're rushing here. We're rushing. <laughs> yeah. So they do the jump and <laughs> I got it. I did. I did. <laughs> Um, they do the jump and something of course goes wrong and like midway through there's all like the alarms like critical error but like no one tries to like do anything about it they're just like oh and then they pass out from the the g-forces or whatever uh and they come out and they're right like basically right next to a very earth-like planet and their whole idea was they had scouted ahead presumably with a copy of this engine like on an unmanned voyage or something like that they had scouted ahead they found a found a solar system with a potentially habitable planet uh that they could use the terraforming device on and so on and so forth so their expectation was that they were going to be there of course something goes wrong oh no none of the star charts map none of this makes any sense it's like we went through four-dimensional space but along an axis that we weren't supposed to like got it so they went back in time and that's earth this is within like the first like 10 or 15 minutes they don't figure that out until like 15 minutes before the end oh yeah like that's (laughs) like the end of the movie so that was a really weird part too because like as soon as they get out there and they're like we don't know where we are the captain's like well this is clearly your fault he says to the pilot (laughs) the pilot's like what the fuck dude and he's like you're fired go sit in your fucking bunk and he's like what like you didn't even give me a chance to like research why this had like yeah he's like dude what the fuck and it's just like nope you're fucking fired get out of here and he was like okay dude yeah. <laughs> like this is the weird it was just so weird like it just came out of nowhere i was like yo why are you being a dick to this guy you know instead of being like what happened he's just like this is your fault get you fucked the other oh i dropped my pen doesn't matter. I don't need it. <laughs> it's gone forever. Uh, it's, gone forever. it's gone forever. Um, the other thing that's really weird about this is that they don't really establish any true like sense of urgency for the mission. Uh, you feel like most of these were like, oh my god, we have to do this, undertake this crazy expedition to save the world. There's a time limit of some for some form, whether it's like an artificial limit of like, uh, oh, the sun is going to explode in 12 hours, and we have to get this mission before then, or like we've got to redirect this asteroid in the next 30 minutes whatever uh or on you know this lengthy trip you know we know this is a one-way trip and we you know we've we signed up for this but like we got to get the mission done and send the data back like something like that okay 
but there's none of that. So like they show up and it's like, okay, you, you, you know, the coordinates for where you left, right? Like, could you not just go back and try again? Was this a one way trip? We don't, we don't, we don't know. Exactly. That was, that was a big thing that I was wondering. I was like, you know, at first they felt, it felt very like, well, these aren't the coordinates you entered in. And I'm like, cool. Well then, so enter in the coordinates and go again. Like it literally, like we're talking a second worth of time travel. It's not like you wasted months getting to the wrong place. Like we, you literally left like a minute ago, you were in earth's atmosphere, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so it felt really weird to me that they were so like, well, this is the worst fucking thing in the world. And I'm like, is it though? Like yeah. just jump again? Like I'm not sure. Like is there? You know, is this a one way trip? Like is this a one shot deal? And you can never interstellar travel again? And maybe that's why. But no one ever explains that, so it felt really weird because I was just like, I don't understand the conflict right now. Like that. That's how I felt for the beginning part. Like this part of the movie, I was like, I don't understand the conflict. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. It felt so low stakes that their reaction seemed like way overkill. And so, yeah, yeah, you know, this guy, Peter, who was in charge of putting in the coordinates and is, is sure that everything's right. He's like, can I at least check the engine? And like, no, sit in your room. Think about what you did. And <laughs> what you did. No dessert. He, he manages to turn off the internal security cameras without anybody noticing, which already says something about like how alert these people actually are and maybe how like not good at their jobs they are, uh, yeah. which makes me believe that this is an American mission. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, Fucking got him. Uh, I, I might've just got y'all's ears too. That, that definitely yeah. clipped. Sorry. <laughs> um, but the, uh, you know, he, he manages to, to turn off all the internal security cameras and go have a look-see at the engine himself. And like he, like he, you know, turns on like a, a personal like GoPro camera. I was like, I'm going to record this shit so you can't fucking scapegoat me. I can prove this wasn't my fault. I'm going to go look at the engines. And of course, we as the viewers saw that like as they spun up the engine, like something went wrong with the sphere. But like this movie was also really fucking dark. So it was really hard to see when anything important was happening. So presumably the alien was doing something to the sphere or whatever. And uh, the- we see a tentacle yeah. like unre- uncoil itself around do we okay thing i (laughs) I, I don't know i believe you (laughs) i mean like i saw the tentacle moving but i it it was hard to say like what exactly it was on like it just looked like it was on like a like a rafter or something like it didn't look like it was touching anything of importance but like you know at the same time that that happened and then it was like critical error and i was like all right cool yeah um so he goes in and we learn later only after we find the footage, huh? There's a little found footage aspect here hey. uh, that he did, in, in fact, encounter an alien that hitched a ride, and so now, of course, uh, Ryan, the asshole, uh, turns to the mission leader. It was like, "Well, you knew about this, and you brought it with." And we're like, "I'm sorry, what?" Where's this at? He's like, I'm declaring martial law. And I'm like, everyone else is kind of cool with with Steve being in charge here. Uh, And like, you're the only one that isn't. How, How does this work? It was really, I mean, it was really weird. That was a lot of those moments where, where like, he turns, and I was just like, whoa, like, that came out of nowhere. Like, Uh you know, that was like a complete 90-degree turn where he's just like, nope, I'm taking over. And everyone's like, okay. And I was like... (laughs) 
But why? Like, like, there's no conflict. Like, nobody was, like, arguing, and then he was like, this is it, or, like, fighting. Though, you know, someone was like, this is your fault. And the captain was like, what? And then he was like, I'm declaring martial law. He was like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was just, and then everyone's just like, okay. Uh, very weird. This happens a lot in the movie, though, that sort of, like quick jump to a thing and everybody's just like yeah totally i'm into it but no like there's no lead up to it it just sort of happens yeah uh which is a lot of this movie's plot as well it is it is and so we have like the the ship uh that that launched from from earth is basically like a shuttle ditched the booster rockets does the jump gets to the planet and they're like all right, well, there's a planet here. Atmosphere looks okay. We just need our, our breathing uh, apparatus because there's not, not enough oxygen, or, like, I think there was no oxygen at this point. Uh, yeah. And, like, well, we can just land our, our lander down there. I'm like, oh, so they have a lander. How is How does that get back? Because the point, point of a lander is that it's going to go back to the ship because that means yeah. the ship's going to go back, right? Like, they have to get this information back to Earth to let people know that they can... So... Okay, cool. So lander. So the lander detaches. It's just a smaller version of the the shuttle, and apparently can can navigate through the atmosphere. But it gets real fucked up because they hit a surprise storm. Shocking, uh, and doesn't have enough fuel for the return trip. Shocking. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How much, like yeah. Mm. <laughs> and you know, it does the typical like. Uh, we're crashing. Uh, we hit a mountain, and then you know we exploded and slid to safety. Like it is a very standard yeah. like lander, you know, craft. Fucking. I don't think I've ever seen a lander like land normal in a movie in a sci-fi movie like this. Like they always crash. Every single I'm one of them. I'm starting to really is... doubt the efficacy of landers. Every single one of these spaceships is piloted by Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> that is a reference right there. Uh, that is spectacular. Um, yeah, so, you know, they get down to Earth and, you know, oh my God, I was wrong. It was Earth all along. Finally made a monkey out of... Uh, also another reference. Every 90s kid is like, I got both of those references right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so you know, eventually, you know, they're down on the planet. They're they're like, well, you know, we're fucking here. We might as well, you know, set up this thing and terraform this planet, I mm-hmm. guess. So that brings up a really good point, though, of what you're mentioning earlier is that yeah, they somehow have to get the message back to Earth because I mean, Earth thinks that they landed on this uh, on this planet called Tess. Mm-hmm. So Earth thinks that they've landed and they're going to terraform, but they they have to get the message back to Earth to be like, okay you know, mission accomplished, let's go, like, send all your kids, let's let's go to this new thing. Like, they have to fly back out there. So they do have to either return or send a transmission. I would assume they're just going to fly back. That that was my assumption, too, based on the technology that they're using. It, it makes it as though it's, like, it's instantaneous, not, like, near lights or light speed travel or whatnot, where, like, there's still going to be a significant amount of time, and you've got to worry about time dilation and all that. Like, they, they managed to skirt some pretty serious physics questions by making it, like, essentially a, a warp drive where it goes, like, you know, punches hole in space and time and goes right from one place to the other. Uh, so, yeah, presumably they've got to get the message back. But I don't know if you noticed that, like, at one point, uh, Amy, back on Earth, is scrolling through her phone and reading a, a news article that implies that the mission failed. Well, I guess the, yeah, uh, yeah, it's very confusing, you know, because... 
Because the when he's talking, uh, when the one dude is talking to Amy and she's like, well, I'm pregnant and you got to be here to raise your baby. And he's like, yeah, no, tell, tell, tell this kid I'm fucking God. Yeah. And li- which is literally what he says, you know, tell this kid I'm going being God and creating life, implying that he's never coming back. Mm-hmm. But they got to come back. You know, like theoretically, theoretically, they could just easily come back uh, unless, you know, unless somehow they said this is a one shot deal, but they never explained it. But like, uh, it, it's very confusing because mm-hmm. he is talking like he is never coming back. But at the same point, we they say, like, how is Earth going to know that we went off course? Like, yeah. how are, you know, we got to figure out how to get back. Yeah. They even say, like, oh, well, you know, he's like, well, chart, try to figure out where we are mm-hmm. so we can chart the coordinates to where we were supposed to be. Yeah. Like, so that was, like, how they find out that they're actually at Earth, but only four billion years ago. So, uh, like, that's <clears throat> the whole mess of that, too. Yeah, so they, they send the lander down. But they let her send all but one member of the crew, well, all but one remaining member of the crew, because uh, Pete didn't make it. He got he got killed and tossed out the airlock by the alien, which I thought was, <laughs> one, both a bit excessive, because why did the, the alien need to toss him out the airlock? Uh, and two, right. I'm not quite sure that the physics work to have the proximity alerts on the ship going off until his corpse bounces against the windshield, but like... Bravo for the dramatic effect. Uh, but they send all yeah. but one of the remaining crew members down to the service and just leave one asshole up who is apparently remote piloting the thing. So, like, they've got a lander that, that can't even pilot itself. Uh, and he's like, I, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to give you more thrust to, you know, slow your descent. They're like, then there won't be enough fuel. I'm like, you kind of just said there wasn't enough fuel anyway. So, like, which one is it? Uh, but poor guy is up there all alone by himself. Uh, but luckily for him, he is all alone because the alien went down to the surface in the lander. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The alien went down and, and is like, yo, I'm going to fucking tool around this planet, which they eventually renamed the alien the Trojan uh, because the alien, they, you know, they learned that the alien was actually inside the sphere the whole time and that it's kind of like a Trojan horse, which really took its sweet ass time because like the alien was sitting inside the sphere while they were taking apart and learning about the sphere it's a little it's, sus. It's a bit. It's a bit much. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Also, uh, I'm pretty sure the Trojan horse was used as a way for the Greeks to get inside the walls of Troy, right? So it wouldn't yeah. be a Trojan. And I recognize that it's probably like as much referencing the form of malicious software that we refer to as a Trojan based on the Trojan horse. But like, that's not right either. So <laughs> either way, you were using that word. I don't think that word means what you think it means. Uh, yeah. Uh, so the alien is now fucking around down on this planet, which is, which is, uh, uh, they say it's just covered in, in molten ash. Um, but they're like, well, we can still use the device and terraform it. And then we've at least terraformed some planet. Yeah. And, you know, it's not the one we wanted, but whatever, it'll still work. But of course, the alien's getting down there and it's, you know, hunting them down one by one. But then they do eventually find out that it, this is Earth. And they have that sort of like existential, like, so we're the ones. Well, they don't actually. That was no. the other frustrating part. Is no. They don't have the existential of like, oh, we're the ones who brought the sphere to Earth and started terraforming it because they realize that they're the ones that put it in the cave that they then discover. But yeah. later, 
one of the guys does make that connection because he's like, oh, he's like, this is a piece of the artifact that I have. So I'm going to write in a note in here for future for my wife Mm -hmm. to read and be like, oh, this is the vaccine for the virus. So she'll discover it in four billion years when she looks at the the piece of the artifact that I bring back for her or something. It's very wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Yeah. Um, But they do have that like, oh, shit, this is we did this. But nobody ever is like, but wait a minute. If we never brought the sphere here, how did we get like who gave us the sphere, the sphere to begin with to put it in the past? If we're the ones that put the sphere in the past to find in the future, where did the sphere come from in the first like, you know, bootstrap paradox? Where did the sphere come from the first place? to put it there four billion years ago. And, like, the only way to get around that is to establish that at at some point in the repetition of uh, cycles of time, the aliens actually did come and try to terraform Earth. Something went wrong. It terraformed Earth, but transformed it into the environment that we knew. Four billion years later, humanity evolves, finds the thing, and something is going wrong with the planet, so we go back to fix it and end up accidentally going back in time and leaving the sphere for ourselves, thus starting the cycle. Uh, So, like, it had to have started somewhere. And I, I honestly think that it is reasonable to say that this is the beginning of the loop, uh, because otherwise... How did, how did the alien get in the sphere? Because right. they, I mean, spoiler, I guess, they they attempt to blow up the alien um, by blowing up the ship after essentially everyone but uh, Steve is dead. And the guy up in the in the, the like actual ship is apparently still alive as well. Um, so they, they attempt to, to blow up the ship with the, the alien in it. As far as we know, they succeed. Steve makes it to the cave just long enough to use like quantum entanglement to like hollow project to the future and talk to Amy, which also there's this whole thing where like in the future, when Steve discovers the sphere, like he sees some sort of like anomaly that kind of looks like a dude, but like you can't really make it out. And like, is, is that one of them from the past? Like engaging with the entangled sphere, like, mm. What it do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is like you know. Uh, I I love the idea of that sort of like yeah, but mm-hmm. if you didn't do the thing, then the other thing wouldn't have happened. Like I love that sort of like mind boggling thing to think about. Yeah, but the problem with this movie is that it gives you it, and you're like, yeah, but that makes it stupider. Yeah, <laughs> because it's not fun to like try to you know interstellar is a is a good example of a movie that does that where you're like oh yeah but if he never did the thing mm-hmm. then how did he do the thing but oh that's cool like it's cool to think about and like try to wrap your brain around but this one i'm just like but that doesn't fucking make sense because you can't have to, you did the thing you know it's like it's annoying this time whereas interstellar does it correctly and makes me be like oh that's so cool to think about but this time i'm like this is tedious to think about <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, the so they make contact. He's able to to tell her like, "Hey, you were right. I should have listened to you." Which I mean, an hour and a half for a man to like travel four billion years back in time and admit that he was wrong about something like we didn't need that. Like, like right. we knew he was wrong to begin with. As soon right. as she's like, "No, no, 
super intelligent, have the vaccine, can fix this, don't need to go back in time, or, you know, don't need to go to another solar system because she didn't know they were going to go back in time. Like, just listen to Amy. Amy would have solved the problem, and Leona and Peter and Frank, uh, I mean, fuck, even Ryan would all still be alive. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, that's the other frustrating part is that she's like, no, 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 I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've solved this issue, and they're like, no, we're going to send people to space, and you'd be like, well, can I do my thing while you do your thing? Like, why can't we do both? Why can't I fix this planet and we terraform the other planet all in one shot? Oh, sweetie, don't you know Stephen Hawking said we had to go to other planets? Right. That's basically how that went. Uh, Yeah. But then also there's the additional side plot where apparently uh, a guy who lost his daughter to the virus kind of loses his mind when he's four billion years back in the future and gets infected by some sort of alien bacteria and tries to... He's like the, the the creature speaks to me, and I'm going to kill you all or something. I don't, it didn't make any sense. So like, if it sounds like I'm lampooning it, it's because it didn't make any sense. No, it didn't. It it was just such an unnecessary. Like they could have just had it been like, uh, he went crazy because of the existential dilemma of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's acceptable. Like perfectly fine. Or like, but instead we're stuck here like, in the past. I'm upset or whatever. He's all like scarred and covered in boils and blisters and yeah, it was very like Cronenberg. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was just just so unnecessary. <laughs> It was just like, okay, he, yet another thing that we're going to do for some reason. I don't know, man. Like the, uh, it was really weird. The practical effects person was a big, like, um, fucking trauma fan. <laughs> yeah, right. Because like, it is, it definitely looks like that. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, yay, he figured it out. She makes the vaccine. She's going to save the, the current Earth, but they've already started the loop cycle of terraforming Earth because if they don't terraform it, then the virus never happens. <sighs> Whatever. Wibbly wobbly. Wibbly wobbly. But, uh, yeah, so that is uh, Project Gemini uh, streaming on Tubi TV. So should you watch this movie? I'm really conflicted on this because everything in me wants to say no, Mm -hmm. but like it was cool looking. And I think the idea of the space travel is, is a fun thought experiment when they talk about quantum quantum entanglement and that's how they can jump, you know, from what was seemingly they can jump from one end of the universe to the other Mm -hmm. instantaneously, like instantaneously. That's interesting. And that's a really great thought experiment, but I feel like you could have that, same thought experiment without having to try to figure out what's happening in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I have to agree that visually this movie is really well done. Like I said, that $6 million budget went primarily into, uh, sci-fi visuals, special effects, set building, world building, whatnot. It looks really good. It's just, it is so kind of stilted in the dialogue. It's very wooden. The acting, I'm like, uh, I don't. I, I guess I shouldn't even necessarily say the acting. The voiceovers are really bad. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how good or bad the acting is because we never hear the actual original actors speaking. We never do. Uh, so I don't know. But it feels really hollow and wooden. Uh, the the plot is too simplistic uh, in a way, but also too full of holes in other ways. And the fact that like. 
I figured it out instantly that they went back in time, but they spent the entire movie just cluelessly stumbling around on what they thought was a completely different planet when it would have been pretty obvious to, to figure out, hey, this looks a lot like Earth. That looks a lot like our moon. Wait, you said we went back on a different axis. Could that be time rather than space? Oh, and the, like, when they when that light bulb goes off for someone 10 minutes before the end of the film, it takes them less than 30 seconds to figure it all out. They're like, oh my God, there's the North Star, and there's Ursa Major. This is Earth. Yes, of course it's Earth. That's the twist. Right, and it looks, I mean, it, like they, they show up to the planet and they look down and they're like, wow, that's Earth. Like, it looks exactly like it. And they're like, what a weird planet. That's not the one we were looking for. It's like, dude, it's your home fucking planet. Like, it, I mean, yes, the continents look all weird, but like, it's a little obvious. Yeah. So it, it was it was a little, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. So should you watch the movie? Eh. If, if the idea of space time travel, you know, excites you and you want to like, you know, really wrap your brain around it. Sure. Go for it. It's, it's a sci-fi film. It's really, I mean, for $6 million, it looks really sharp. Uh, you know, it's pretty impressive for $6 million, uh, visually. Um, but it is, uh, it's tough to get into. It was really tough to get into. And it's just, it, it suffers from trying to do too much and like it, as so many movies we watched, it didn't need to be a creature film, but it was. It could have been a better creature film, but it yeah. wasn't. It, it could have just been a creature film, but instead yeah. they added all the other stuff. It didn't need to be a time travel film, but it was. Honestly worked out fairly well, but just was kind of a dumb approach to it. Like they they took the dumbest route to get to that uh, by like, okay, I can get into that. But like each one of these like individual aspects, like could have been something really interesting. And just like, here's all these really great ideas we had. We couldn't pick one. So we did a bad job at all of them. Yeah. (laughs) And we're not going to resolve most of them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so there it is, Project Gemini uh, streaming on Tubi TV. So if you're the type of person that watches the movies after we review them, there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where you can watch it for free, no sign-up required. You just type in the movie and you can start watching today. Just do it. Um, yeah, just do it. Uh, but if not, you know, hey, there it is. Uh, so thanks a lot for joining us, everyone. We super appreciate it. We had a good time. Uh, we're nine episodes left uh, to our fifth anniversary. What are we going to do for our fifth anniversary? Honestly, we don't know yet. No it's idea. only January. So like we've got we've got three months where we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll be, be patient. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll find out. It'll be fine. Yeah. So follow us on all the social medias. If if you're uh still on uh Twitter and Instagram, we're at uh Night Shift uh, uh MG uh over on everywhere, and you can you can find uh, the Night Shift Radio um uh stuff where you learn about all the other shows like the fourth pillar of play and the super pod hero cast that we have uh going. Great, great shows. You should definitely check those out. Yeah. Um, but I think that's an episode. It feels like it. That feels like an episode. So hey. You know, again, thanks a lot for listening. And as always, make sure to share with 100,000 of your closest alien in a spheres. It's, you know, it's the only way that they're going to find out that they were the reason this podcast started to begin with. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. And we will see you next time.